and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We are back after a little bit of a reprieve, and we're so ready to get back into it with today's topic. It is a creepy one. Get ready, guys, because... This one is going to knock your socks off. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Oh, my gosh. You're yeah, so right. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good hint as to what the topic mm-hmm. is because, ooh, your socks will be blown clean off your oh, feet. Yeah, either because... that or you'll be gripping them. You'll be duct taping them to your feet <laughs> you after this sure, one. <laughs> you sure will because somebody might come around and steal them off mm-hmm. your feet. But before we get into that, I think we got to spill some liberty because the last time we spoke... We left things on a little bit of a cliffhanger about our friend Adnan, who we learned about in a podcast, really arguably the first podcast oh, yeah. that came The one into that went fame. big. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. the biggest one of all time. And I think you had some updates for us today. I do. And I, I got to say, I'm still not convinced of his innocence. So he has been released um, because they tested some articles of clothing, I believe, or some other articles that were in the victim, Heyman Lee's car. And the one that they were able to get DNA back from was her shoes. So um, I guess it was the shoes that she had worn that day because she was found without shoes. These were in the back of her car. Oh, boy. So presumably whoever moved her body may have taken her shoes off because... I don't know. She could have been driving without shoes, like, because they were kind of like high heel shoes. So I could kind of, I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's a smart thing to do, but I could see other people doing that. Um, and they were in the back seat or they were in the trunk? Yeah, they were in the back seat of her car. Okay, because I would do that. If I'm wearing high heels, I will definitely take them off. I don't think I would put them all the way in the back, though, because that would be hard to put them back on. So the one thing, her car is pretty messy. She kind of like lives out of it. So okay. I don't know. I didn't study the pictures like crazy, but there was stuff in there. So if the front seat's kind of full, I could see you like... I don't know, putting it right behind on the floor behind your gotcha. chair or something or, or seat, not chair. <laughs> um, but the case and the decision to whether or not they were going to retry Adnan came down to whether his DNA was one of the DNA samples found on those shoes. And it wasn't. Okay. They apparently found, I think, two other, two or three other like mixtures on there and haven't said anything about that um but they ruled him out essentially because his dna wasn't there wow which to me doesn't seem like enough yeah that doesn't seem like sufficient to rule him out it seems like oh his dna doesn't appear on this particular article but that doesn't like who's to say it's not somewhere else or right like just because he didn't take off her shoes yeah, what makes them that important? Yeah, like, I don't know. So that's kind of where it stands now. But So he's out on the streets. Yeah, he's out. He's back home and living life, which is just crazy. But he's not, he hasn't been declared innocent yet. Okay. But they're not taking him back to trial as of now. So. so he's probably still being watched, right? I mean. I don't know. I mean, he's been publicly declared, like, I guess it all depends on the DA and Um, you know, I think there's a new DA coming in and that was kind of one of the scandals as to people think the current DA brought this case right now because they're getting close to 
elections, I guess. Yeah, changing of the guards kind of thing. And she has some scandal going on, I guess, accepting bribes and stuff like that. Oh, so geez. people think she brought this now to kind of distract from that. So. Oh, very interesting. Who knows? All about politics. We did just have voting day yesterday. Um, so we're in early November. And what better way to set the stage for our episode then talk about a little politics and people trying to distract from their own nefarious yes characteristics by pointing to other things it's the classic houdini you know yes. make them look at one hand so that they don't look at the or hand one foot so or one don't. foot in this case <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us i think very conveniently oh to yes our topic of the day which is Dan Schneider. And if you don't know who Dan Schneider is, guys, he is a Nickelodeon bigwig. Yes. And he just, everything has his stamp of approval on it. Everything from What I Like About You, all that, Drake and Josh, all those great shows that were produced by Nickelodeon, they all had Schneider's name. He pretty much made it, like made Nickelodeon what it was in its heyday really did but before you think about thanking him we are going to talk about how incredibly creepy he is yes and what he got into with these kids because there's weirdness guys oh yeah something's off something's wrong something's really off so as always i think we should start with a timeline dan our boy dan schneider was born he is a Capricorn. Nice. You knew that off the top of your head. Oh, yeah. He was born January 14th, 1966. And he actually wanted to be an actor himself. Yes. Unfortunately, he's got a face for radio. <laughs> so that was a short-lived dream. But he did happen to appear in mostly supporting roles in a lot of 1980s and 1990s films and TV shows. And then he switched ambitions or was told, Uh, hey, Dan, you're too (laughs) ugly to act, and went into production where he belonged in the back. And he developed a TV production company, which was Schneider's Bakery. Which I wonder about that name, like... Yeah, like why? I don't know. And like, are you baking kids? Like, is Ooh, this like a Hansel, Hansel and Gretel yeah, exactly. situation? Like, what are you doing? But I really remember the graphic that they would show yes. for Schneider's Bakery. They would show like a big kind of artsy oven, yes, opening up to like a real like a pink cake. And wow, you even you have better yeah details than me. I oh, remember the yeah. oven and it like popping open or whatever. Yeah, it, like popped open. It's in like neon colors. And there's a sound that goes, mmm. Do you remember that? Yes. I was trying to remember what the sound was. And now that you said that, ugh. Ugh. It's so creepy so in creepy. light of how things turned oh, out. disgusting. But yeah, but Schneider's Bakery was all over the place. And it's drilled into our heads because that would appear after every Nickelodeon show. Yep. So huge, huge deal. Um, and he had a ton of notable shows. And you can see how it's all kids shows which I, I gotta be honest uh you know a man being interested like this just is creepy to yeah, me yeah like what's the what's the pull here buddy like what is it that you like about these kids and these kids shows so we're talking what i like about you all that the amanda show keenan and kel drake and josh zoe 101 i carly victorious sam and cat henry danger Game Shakers, 
and the Adventures of Kid Danger. So obviously all kid focused. Yeah. And the Um, big ones, like you said. Yeah. Huge. And two notable films were Good Burger and Big Fat Liar, which I can't hear the song Hungry Like the Wolf without thinking about Paul Giamatti getting dyed blue. Oh, my God. That, oh, my God. Yeah, that's like a memory unlocked there. Right? He, oh, talk about just an incredible actor in humble beginnings for sure. But, yeah, Dan was this kind of main guy And he would just churn out these hits. It was hit after hit after hit for decades on Nickelodeon. He really had the magic touch, so to speak. Yeah. So like you said, here's a bit of the timeline of his writing and producing career. Dan Schneider, this is kind of how he got his start with, you know, getting into the industry and Nickelodeon. He co-hosted the second annual Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, which I do wonder, like, how did they pick him? It's so right? random. And out of the blue, I mean, this is the late 80s. Like, right. What the hell? Where did this guy come from? And how did they decide, hey, this is the perfect guy to co-host the Kids Choice Awards? I know. Like, he was a supporting role in, like, one notable TV show, but... I don't know, maybe because it was only the, what do we say, the second one, they were kind of looking for people, and he was like, I'll do it, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he would take anything, I guess. Yeah. But there he met a development executive for Nickelodeon named Albie Hecht. Cute. Yeah. Setting the stage here and setting Dan up to, I don't know, wreak take havoc over. at Nickelodeon. <laughs> so in 1993, Albie was then the head of production at Nickelodeon, and he reached out to his old buddy, Dan, and <laughs> hired him to work on a children's sketch comedy show called All That. Which, meanwhile, All That was so inventive and cutting edge oh my for God, the time. Yeah. I mean, it was basically Saturday Night Live for kids. Yep. And it was hilarious. It was such a good show, and it was so much fun. You could see kids just, like, doing these silly sketches. They were so talented, these kids, especially a young Amanda Bynes. Oh, yes. Keenan and Kel, Lori Beth Dimber. Yes. I mean, you can still think about all these people these di- today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Like, right off the bat, he had a hit there. So he wrote the pilot episode, and then after that, he worked as the producer, executive producer, and writer for all that for the first four seasons. He then quit all that to run, like you're saying here, The Amanda Show, which I remember when The Amanda Show came out, it did kind of feel like a spinoff of all that. So it definitely had the same kind of success. Yeah. And after that, he really just continued to create hit shows for years. And, I mean, you're thinking about this. This is starting in 1993. And then he just continues to make the hits for years. And finally, in March 2010, he signed a deal with Nickelodeon, which was surprising that for all those years, he didn't have kind of like a standing deal. Yeah. You know, to bring him back year after year or whatever. But I don't know. It took that long. But then the um, the deal ran out or I guess the contract kind of ended in March of 2018 and Nickelodeon said that they would not be extending the production deal with Dan Schneider you know slash Schneider's Bakery and then this is kind of when everything started to come out so in 2021 the New York Times reported that Nickelodeon's decision to split with Schneider came after its parent company Viacom CBS which I didn't even know they were connected like Me I've, I've heard of you know the two of them separately 
but they completed an internal investigation, which it is interesting what they found or rather what they didn't find. With yeah, that. agree. But um, that found evidence of verbal abuse by Schneider to his colleagues. And interestingly, though, the investigation did not find evidence of sexual misconduct, which uh, a little know. weird. Yeah, yeah. And I think what's interesting about this story is you'll find that a lot of things aren't overt yeah more covert yep and dan was very good at kind of walking that line yes yeah and it's so hard because nickelodeon was such a silly funny like let's get dirty and play around right goofy type of network so he could kind of wrap everything in that bow under the guise of being silly and funny and dirty, you know, in a kid way. Yep. And it he could use it to twist things into his own you know, perverted ideals. You're totally right. Yeah, it definitely was that type of environment that kind of allowed this to happen. But when Dan was asked about the findings from this investigation, he said that if people found him difficult to work with, it was just because he maintained very high standards. Sounds like your typical narcissist. Oh, yeah. Everybody else's fault. They're mm-hmm. all wrong. Exactly. So since the split between Nickelodeon and Dan Schneider slash Schneider's Bakery, several different actors and employees have come out with other allegations that Dan purportedly did. First of all, he was accused of gender discrimination. He was accused of portraying sexualized scenes in children's shows. He was accused of asking for massages from adult female colleagues. We're getting a little mm-hmm. Jeff Epstein vibe oh, there. Yeah. Um, he also had a very well-documented temper problem. So this guy had anger issues yeah. and was known to sort of blow up at a moment's notice. And... We'll also kind of jump more into these issues and just other issues with Dan Schneider's psyche in this episode. But if we roll it back to all that, Angelique Bates had some things to say about Mr. Schneider. And this is, like you're saying, like right at the beginning. So I don't know. That to me is even more surprising that he came in and felt comfortable enough to start act like acting like this right away. Right. Yeah. It really just shows that he is a narcissist and had illusions of grandeur and it's so clear that you know he would walk in and say oh well it's just my high standards right i'm a perfectionist and i want everything to be perfect so angelique was on two seasons of all that and she started when she was only 12 years old and she said that dan always had this aim to separate the parent from the child on set and Angelique's mother was like, uh-uh, no way. You are not separating me from my child. Thank she God. She wouldn't allow it. Thank God. Yeah. Which, like, that's what you need because a lot yeah. of these, like, abusive situations happen because the parents will just do anything for the celebrity exactly. or the person in charge. And they don't even think, hey, why does this older man have an mm-hmm. interest in separating my young child from me? That's weird. Yeah. They, you know, just blindly allow them to go with them and do whatever they say. And it's just not right. So no. thank God Angelique's mother put her foot down. So at that point, Dan apparently made advances toward Angelique's mother. And this was presumably to get in her good graces. And Angelique's mom 
being the smart woman she was, turned him down. And because Angelique's mother wouldn't sleep with him, this is classic quid pro quo, Angelique got less and less screen time on all that. And she also said that Dan created a toxic environment by favoring male actors over female actors. And we'll come back, we'll circle back to this idea later. The male actors all said that they didn't see anything about being treated differently. Classic. Of course. Like, I'm sure they didn't notice being paid more, too. Like, come on. And finally, another recurring theme, Angelique said that Dan was really verbally aggressive with children. And remember, I mean, these kids that we're talking about here, they're not, like, 18 years old. Right. Yeah, we don't have, like, a 16 and 17-year-old. We have, like, a middle schooler. Right. Like, an 11-year-old. Yeah. So that type of abuse, I mean, again, it's evil whether you're abusing an adult or a child or someone in between. But when you go, the younger you go, the more messed up it is. Well, yeah, the power dynamic and everything. And then you ratchet that up by being on set and like this is their dream to be an actor you know he holds all the power in that situation oh yeah and he knew exactly how to use it it seems yep yep so we move on to the amanda show and this is really creepy you can find some of these videos out there but on set actually on many of dan's shows but i've seen the videos from the amanda show he would walk around with a handheld camera so back in the day with the classic you know camcorder camcorder there we go and he would be filming actors and employees kind of in their candid moments between scenes some of the actors like at school you know on set all that stuff and it's just so creepy so he kind of comes up to them he's filming from behind the camera and he's just interacting with them and asking questions so creepy and it's it is really creepy because you see some of the footage that I've seen has been back to the Amanda show and then this was a little bit after kind of our era but um Sam and Cat with classic Ariana Grande and so all that time he's doing this filming on all of his shows why would he want all this personal footage of these young actors yeah that is just really weird and I start thinking too like is he using this to cover his tracks like do you Mm. think he's filming around to show everybody how pleasant it was on set that's an interesting angle you know what I mean like how jovial he was with the kids and oh I'm asking them all personal questions about themselves I'm comfy cozy with them and they love me and they're comfortable and feeling great like I don't know. No, that's a really good, like, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, it definitely could be like, look, no, we're, you know, we're friendly, but it's all professional. Like, I certainly don't see how him taking this footage could be normal. Let's put it that way. Like, there's a lot of different ways it could be nefarious. Yes. Like, I don't know. It reminds me of, like, uh, creepers taking pictures of kids at a playground or something. It's like the same type of thing. Yeah, same vibe for sure. Yeah. Um. But like I said, there's, you know, years, like decades of video, I I presume. And there's also a lot of creepy footage that he captures. So if he's trying to, like, portray himself in a good light, he does not do a good (laughs) job. Um, It's creepy because somebody else obviously has his camera and is kind of filming him interacting. But there's a lot of video of him hanging out with these kids on set. And especially the videos I saw with Amanda, they just seem kind of like 
like we were saying, you could try to play it off as like, oh, it's it's innocent, but it's it gives you a creepy feeling. Like it's it's definitely crossed the line there. And for example, the one I saw, it's obviously somebody else filming and Dan and Amanda are sitting like on a bench or something and the camera zooms in on them sitting next to each other and Amanda's resting her head on Dan's shoulder. Like meanwhile, she's like a young teenage girl and it just like he realizes that he's being filmed. She's resting her head on his shoulder and then he like trying to be cutesy or whatever like oh puts his head over on top of hers like oh you know and it's just creepy well and it's the kind of thing where it's like you can't nail him for crossing the line because he doesn't quite cross it but it's just enough to be like "Mm, maybe we should take a closer look at that like what's really going on with these kids why are they so close and the problem too is he plays on people's emotions and he probably felt a lot like a dad to a lot of these kids who are mm-hmm. away from their families and, you know, he's the authority in their lives and he's the boss and he's the parent. So maybe they were confused as well. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. Like we were saying, we see this inappropriate behavior on the set of his later shows, too. It's like you're saying, he can't be necessarily accused of, you know, crossing the line, but it's it's inappropriate and everybody looks uncomfortable in the situation. He's always hugging or touching the actor and it just, Oh, it it creeps you out. There's a video of him coming up and hugging Miranda Cosgrove around the neck from behind. And she like clearly kind of freezes and is uncomfortable, but knows that she can't show that because it's her boss. Yeah, exactly. And, um, Another creepy thing, a lot of co-workers said that, you know, when he had some free time on set, he would spend that texting other child actors, which is just beyond creepy and obviously laying the foundation of these relationships with them. Right. And he's clearly getting his jollies from texting them. So if we focus on specific child actors that Dan Schneider impacted we have no choice but to focus on Jeanette McCurdy, who just recently published her book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. And this was the reason that we really got into this topic for this episode. Jeanette has talked about Dan for a while. And, you know, way back, she was sort of one of the first people who came out and pointed the finger at Dan. And she said, at first, when you were the new one on set, Dan would take you under his wing and make you feel like his favorite. And this can totally be viewed as love bombing. Yes. And classic narcissist move. The narcissist will, you know, acquire the target, decide who they are, and then shower them a lot of the time with gifts, expensive favors, or will just really quickly tell them how loved, cherished, special they are, and it'll always come off as being too soon, too much, and just out of nowhere. So Jeanette said that after this love bombing would take place, over time, slowly, Dan would turn and he'd become extremely verbally abusive and he would just belittle these child actors. So it's really sad. And talk about, like, being confused i mean it's confusing enough when you're in a romantic relationship and somebody does this to you but when you're a child and somebody who's almost a parent type figure 
does this to you how weird would that be and confusing well and i'm i'm just thinking about this too like this theme is obviously coming up over and over again in the 30 years that he's been there can mm-hmm. you imagine how many children he's damaged oh i know that's like, so true oh my god and i don't think it's any surprise that a lot of these kids grew into adults who have severe mental issues yeah absolutely so yeah so he was super abusive and this verbal abuse was awful and mentally damaging according to Jeanette and she also exposed further inappropriate details about Dan in a recent Vanity Fair article she said at one point he tried to give her alcohol when she was underage he apparently would give her unsolicited Mm. shoulder massages he loves those ugh and he took photographs of her in a bikini So, again, there he is with his handy-dandy cam. Yeah. And just taking photos of an underage girl. Oh, just so creepy. I I can only imagine so much more of this happened and people just haven't spoken about it because you can see it right there on the, like, right under the surface. You know this stuff is going on. Oh, for sure. And even in the footage that was on television there are scenes that are questionable which we'll we'll get into later yes yeah that he i feel like he just became so brazen at the end like oh yeah what he was putting out there was disgusting yeah like hiding in plain sight yes exactly so in 2014 at the nickelodeon kids choice awards jeanette took a stand against dan So Dan was given this award, and it was the first ever of its kind. It was a Lifetime Achievement Award. And when he went up on stage, he brought 14 actors from his shows over the years. And just something worth noting, of those 14 actors, only three were women, young women, females, with one being an older actress, So, and she was an adult at the time, so really two out of 14 young female actresses mm-hmm. actually supported Dan and joined him on stage for this award. Yeah. So you've got 11 other male actors. Like if you see the video of this, it's noticeable too that it's Oof. like a bunch of guys up there and like a couple girls. Yeah. Clear imbalance there. So Jeanette later explained on Twitter why she didn't attend writing the following about her experience with Dan. She said, I was put in an uncomfortable, compromising, unfair situation. And a lot of people were suspicious that Jeanette might have signed some sort of NDA. And maybe that's why she didn't talk more about the situation. And in fact, she actually said later on that she turned down $300,000 from Nickelodeon to not reference Dan in any capacity. So big hush money there that they're trying to spoon feed over to her to try to keep her quiet and alexa nicholas who was an actress on zoe 101 said she also had a lawyer come to her and ask what her price was to stay silent on dan so imagine how many other people took that payout yeah and especially if you're like a lesser actress or actor on set and you see those dollar signs a lot of these parents their goals are clear they just want to They're in it for the money. They want to make money at all costs. And, you know, it would be very, very tempting to take that money and just say, all right, I'll stay quiet. You know, I don't need to say anything about him. Well, and also the fact that, you know, he is so big in the industry and has so many connections. You know, you don't want to get on the bad side of him and be blacklisted, too. So it's kind of protecting your career at that point also. Yeah. 
So here we get into, like we were saying, the inappropriate jokes and other really creepy things that Dan has done over the years. So a lot of these jokes or, you know, all of these jokes were in the shows that were for children. So they were just so inappropriate. Now, I I get it that a lot of kids won't pick up on them, you know, when they're younger. But I think I think this actually we started talking about this topic even before Jeanette's book came out. Because we had seen some TikToks and it was, you know, people who had watched these shows as children who had gone back and were like, oh, my God, I did not realize how awful this stuff was that he put into these shows. And it's not just like a joke here or there. It is constant and obvious and disgusting. Like, this 100% would have been one of the shows, one of the shows if, you know, my mom had overheard or you know saw us watching and caught something it would have been like uh no you're not wa- you're not allowed to watch that show anymore exactly um so the show sam and cat really had a lot of scenes and there's a ton of tiktoks out there that you can look up but just a couple of them we have ariana grande squeezing a potato for juice <laughs> and like making all these sexual sounds while like grabbing the potato in her to in her, in her hands and then another it's just like so obviously awful um she is laying off the side of her bed upside down and seeing if she can drink water upside down and what ended up happening is she like pours water all over her chest as she's like upside down right so it's basically a wet t-shirt contest oh my god it's just awful But I think the worst or most (laughs) obvious thing, like we were talking about, is his clear foot fetish. Yes. He could not hide. He could not control himself with this foot stuff. No. And it was so troubling because he just put these kids into scenes where there would be foot stuff. Oh, It's like there's so many foot scenes that you can't find them. Like it's every episode like yeah, there's, there's no gotta end be to a foot scene well and it's so funny too because it's like it could so easily fall under the guise of oh yeah feet are gross nickelodeon's right. for kids kids love gross stuff right like, you know how they had the big giant nose when they did double dare yeah, like that you'd potty have to humor type of thing like ew your feet stink oh right. you're, you know whatever exactly but it's just so clear that he had something else going on. Yeah. The one detail we're going to get to in a second about Twitter is like he should have been fired over. Um, But so again, the show Sam and Cat and also Victorious, these are towards the end of his career. It's just constant with the foot stuff. So in Sam and Cat, here's an example. There's a scene with a challenge to put your whole big toe in your mouth. Lovely. Sounds like someone who has a fetish <laughs> trying to make children do things. Ew. And all I can picture is he's like on set. They're like watching. Like, yeah. All ugh. titillated and everything. How disgusting. It's revolting. There is also in Victorious, there's a scene where she's putting ketchup on her feet. I think a lot of these were kind of framed as challenges in the show. Because there's another one where she's on the floor and shooting a bow and arrow with her bare feet. So a lot of foot stuff. So much. And here's the part that I just think is like, come on. So painfully obvious. Yeah. So 
Dan started soliciting foot photos from fans via social media. He realized he got with the times with the, you know, the social medias, the the Facebook and the Twitter. <laughs> and he realized that he can be an open predator soliciting foot pics from, you know, young kids. And people will respond. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, oh, my chance to be featured, you know, this show I love, the producer is going to call me out, like shout me out or whatever. So on the Sam and Cat Twitter in 2013, this was posted. Sam and Cat tomorrow, right on the bottom of your foot, take a <laughs> pic and use hashtag Sam and Cat Saturday. We'll RT retweet and follow until our fingers get sore. Ugh. Disgusting. So gross. Also, like, he did not mask this at all. No, he's literally open, openly asking for foot pictures from children. From children. Like, ew. Disgusting. Um, and obviously, Dan has been there and been so big over the years. Some even speculated that the foot logo for Nickelodeon was adopted for some time, which I remember. I hadn't even yeah, the thought big about. the orange footprint. Yes. I hadn't even thought about it until, you know, reading this. That Nickelodeon adopted it because of Dan's foot fetish. God, what a gross, weird thing. And how sad that, like, they just let this go. Oh, it's awful. It's, I mean, you'll, like, if we really were to dig into it more, there's so many of people, so many people like Dan in the industry, you know, they probably were enjoying it too, or like, oh, yeah, one of us. Like, exactly. Oh, God. So, Unfortunately, there are other folks in this business, like you said, that are a lot like Dan and who are opportunists and who realize that if they work in a child-centric industry, they can be around children all the time and can be a predator hiding in plain sight. So Dan Schneider is just one of these problematic people working in the child star industry. And there's actually a documentary called An Open Secret that... Classic Finding More Child Molestation I documentaries. Know, right? This one's interesting, though, because it's, like, the early 2000s. Oh, shit. And it's just, like, Ugh. creepy. God. Sorry. Go no. Oh, my gosh. Um, so this documentary covers several agents and producers in the early 2000s. And one of these individuals that gets mentioned in the doc was a guy named Brian Peck. And he worked on All That, Drake and Josh, and The Amanda Show. And he starred as Pickle Boy. Do you remember that? Because after I, I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, he's recognizable. Definitely. Oh, which is so weird. Ugh. And lo and behold, in 2004... He was arrested for child molestation and served 16 months. Now, meanwhile, why was it only 16 months? That's what uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it should never be that low, but he um, didn't take it to trial. Like, he made a deal. Ugh. And 16 months for child molestation. Great. Great. Like, I think it should be more like 16 to life. 16 years. decades. Like Exactly. Like, put him away and hide yeah. the key. Ugh. Gross. But after his release, he wasn't allowed to work directly with children in any capacity. And let's focus in on the word directly. Um, what? Yeah. Yep. Like, so he can still technically work with children. He can find ways to creep around children. Oh, yeah. As long as he's not working directly with children. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Let's define directly here. Like Exactly. Like, ugh. Yeah. So not long after getting out of jail, he was actually able to use this nuance 
and he worked on the set of <laughs> you guessed it the sweet life of zach and cody yeah like my god can you believe that he just hopped over to the other big children's network and got right back into it which is ridiculous i i just don't know how that happens like it's got to be though that these people have connections in the industry with other creeps like them and they help them get around the system yeah it's just so disturbing and disgusting and how the heck is that not working directly with children i would just love to know this this next fact though yeah, this is so so disturbing. interesting. I had not even thought about it until I read it. And I wonder if it's based there on purpose. Like it if is. they thought of that. I think so. Well, yeah. I think so. I don't well, know. Well, hot piece of legal trivia. So Nickelodeon is based in Florida, and Florida does not have anything close to the level of laws surrounding child actors like a state like California would. And so this basically leaves the kids unprotected. Yeah. They, you know, get overworked. There are other barriers to their well-being that just don't exist in other normal states. But because it's Florida, they can push these kids to the breaking point and do all kinds of stuff to them that they wouldn't be able to do in other states. Because think, like, after reading this, I was like, yeah, that is really weird that they would go to Florida because if you're looking for child, like, your network is a children's network. If you're looking for child Mm -hmm. actors, you're going to go to... California. California, maybe New York as your like second choice. But you're not gonna go to Florida. Yeah, you're not going down to the Everglades, you know, with their booming population of child stars. Like <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. And then it's like, why else would you go there? Exactly. Yeah. And I'll say classic the creator of Backstreet Boys in sync. LFO O Town, classic Lou Pearlman, the biggest creep around. Who yeah you know, was creeping on some of these young singers, these male singers. He also was based out of Florida. Ugh, go figure. Yeah. The center of all weirdness. I just, I wonder. Like, it's just a little too smart getting around the system here. Yeah, a little serendipitous that they would happen to be in Florida. Yes. So this was another creepy anecdote from a girl that had auditioned for iCarly and this is kind of right in the prime of Dan being disgusting and creepy (laughs) like at his height of being the biggest creep around and this was on another podcast and I found this really interesting and really creepy so she went with her mom to an open casting call for the show and obviously hundreds of kids showed up hoping to you know be picked it's Dan's paradise oh my god yeah well it's even creepier because he didn't even go to the audition himself he had these other creeps doing his bidding for him yeah his minions it's just it's so gross So um, the audition began as normal, and then the team cut the group down to about the top 40 kids. And at this point, the kids (laughs) were told to take off their shoes and go into the room one by one to be taped. Ew. The tapes would be sent to Dan Schneider to see which kids made it to the next round. How disgusting. Like, ag- and again, how horrifying like, openly doing this disgusting stuff and clear like you have a bunch of tapes of kids feet. Right. Now, right. And, excuse me. In what world would feet qualify you or make you unqualified to star on a children's show? Uh, unless this is a Skechers commercial. I don't know. Like... Yeah, I don't know why <laughs> having nice feet has anything to do with it. Right. Like, yeah, doesn't make sense. So luckily for this girl, her mom, once she heard this, she was like, this does not sound right. 
forget it we're leaving and Oof. she she pulled her out at the last minute the girl obviously said at the time she was so mad because she had made it to this kind of next round and then her mom just pulls away her chances which is but, hilarious meanwhile she saved oh, you from disaster or having your feet in a dan schneider archive somewhere ugh, like, god knows where oh my god just ugh, awful but we also learned from her and this was featured too, kind of this gross tactic in in the documentary you mentioned an open secret so from the same podcast we learned that dan would host these recruiting pool parties Ugh, for kids gross uh, like i just don't i don't know i thank god like i would say over the last like 20 years maybe everybody's kind of gotten hip with it that you know, these things are not right. Like, yeah, there's creepy stuff going on. Whereas before, I just don't think people thought about it or they let not even, you know, fame situations, but even like family friend situations. Like, why is there a single male Boy Scout leader who has no children, but is so interested Ugh. in being a scout leader? It's so true. Like people, I don't even know if they were just not as jaded and cynical as they are now. And it's definitely a good thing, though, because, oh, yeah. yikes, I mean, the things that these parents would allow to happen to their kids, just because they kind of didn't know and just trusted the adult in the situation, Yeah, and they really shouldn't have been. Like you said, I mean, if something smells funny, it's probably because it's not right. Yeah, no, I think you're right, though. I don't think, I just don't, I think they place too much trust in the adult. I think you're totally right. Oh, for sure. But these parties that he hosted, again, went all the way back to the 90s. So he was doing them for decades. And kids would show up, obviously dressed in bathing suits. And again, the parents would be encouraged to leave the kids. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want you like, you Harshing know, our yeah, kind of up in there. We want to get to know the kid, you know, without the parents kind of hovering around. Oh, Ugh. that's that's great. Yeah, just leave and come pick them up later. Perfect. Yeah, that's not creepy. No, not at all. And then this was another thing that was super creepy. He, in addition to these recruiting pool parties, he also held a two-week-long acting boot camp with um, his dialogue coach, Pickle Boy himself, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian Peck. Ugh. Like, let's just get a bunch of them together and host a camp. A camp. Ugh, where you have overnights and oh ugh, I just shudder to think what could have oh happened. Oh my god, I can't even imagine like these predators out there just setting this up, you know, luring these kids into this. It's just awful. Ugh, it's so creepy. Yeah. So, you know, Dan has obviously denied that anything nefarious happened. It was just his very high standards, as we know. <laughs> and he, in a 2021 interview with the New York Times. He said that he had written and sold a new pilot to a different network. So let's see if that's true. Yeah, we'll see if that pans out. But God knows any network wouldn't want anything to do with this creep. If they pick him up, like the stuff that's out there now, that network will be ripped apart. Oh, yeah. No, if they're stupid enough to actually pick it up, it won't last. There's no way. Exactly. So next week. If that wasn't creepy enough for you, we're going to get more into the specific longstanding consequences that Dan's horrific behavior had on these child stars and what happened to them when they became adults, what kind of trauma they have been suppressing for all these years, and what's going on in their lives now. 
So we've set the stage here, but see what that foundation did in next week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. 